And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee, swing on in, don't spill your coffee, and check it all out. And now if you use code TOURSTORIES10, you can get 10% off at thunderroadguitars.com. Yes, that's me playing guitar. Hello, big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course. And it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. And we continue to celebrate our friends and partners over at Isotope. And we got some big news for you. The gold standard of audio repair, RX-11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX-10 now on sale and get RX-11 absolutely free when it's released. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, Sarah. Hello, Joe. How you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Where are you? Um, I am still in bed at um, in Melbourne in Australia. But oh. I... I'm from originally from New Zealand, but I've been here for a long time now. Oh, okay. Um, if I could move anywhere in the world, it would be Melbourne. Yeah, it's good. It's quite exp- everyone. I mean, everywhere, everywhere is now, isn't it? Um, so it's not unique to Melbourne, yeah. but it's very expensive. But um, and I guess same same thing as everywhere. Like I'm living, maybe five suburbs out from when I first moved to Melbourne right. like 20 years ago. But, um, right. but no, it's good. It's the people are nice. I think probably compared to like other places. I remember when I came back from living overseas, um, hearing two people in their early twenties that I knew worked part time. um talking about we had, um, the best oysters in the city. And I was like, that's mm. pretty weird. That wouldn't happen anywhere else. <laughs> how, can you, how can you afford oysters? It's weird. But um, no, it's, it's, a, it's a nice place. As always. Yeah, I've been here for 20 years now pretty much, so I feel pretty at home here. Yeah. Speaking of food in Melbourne, have you been to Clay Pots in St. Kilda? I have, but not for a long time. Mel- oh, have you been there? I love that restaurant. I go there every time I'm there. <laughs> like twice. I usually go twice. I just love the vibe. I'm telling you about Melbourne, but you've been here. Yes. Have you been here a, a number of times? Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe four times. 
um, for shows. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm probably an hour and a half from St Kilda now if I tried to go there. It's what it's, it's right. quite, it's quite, it's almost like going to a different town. <laughs> right, I bet. Yeah. So you grew up in New Zealand. What? Where in New Zealand? So very small, rural New Zealand. Like people in New Zealand sometimes don't even know where I'm from. But <laughs> like a little town called Tomaranui, kind of by the mountains in the middle of the North Island. But yeah, but then I lived and went to school in a different place and then lived in Wellington before I came here when I was maybe 22, I think, 22. Yeah. Oh, okay. And how were you connected to music as you were growing up before you started playing music and making records? Um, <clears throat> so I learned piano for a long, like from when I was, I have quite horrible parents or had, one's gone mm. now, one's oh. still around, but I don't talk to her either. So t- t- okay. I guess, I guess. I guess on paper they're both gone. In reality, only one only one is. But um, my mum was really like, because uh, my dad they were like my dad was a farmer, and like my mum mm-hmm. was very um, interested in um, what do they call it? Oh, being up upwardly mobile, you know, like um, financially and socially speaking. So even though we were just kind of like a normal New Zealand. On the 80s was really hard for farming in New Zealand too, so everyone was poor. But then, mm-hmm. so I, but I got like piano lessons and elocution lessons and things like that just to be a bit like um, posh or something. So you yeah. know, because of that, because she's an, a crazy person, I learned piano from when I was really young. And then I think because my childhood was like so unpleasant, it was a nice thing to do that was... Right kind of like my own world thing that people couldn't, you know, because most of the things that I did was always like a bit like achievement-y based. It was um, something that I could do that kind of to my mum looked like I was, it was worthwhile, do you know what I mean? Gotcha. So I, yeah. could, so I was allowed to do it as much as I liked. <laughs> right. And did you go to... Um shows concerts and stuff when you were i guess you if you were in a small town there might not have been well when i went so 1995 i started high school i went to the boarding part like the boarding school part because i was from a the country but then i got expelled and then when i was maybe like 15 i think and then but then when i was able to live like not at the boarding part i made friends with some girls that went to shows and stuff and in Hamilton was a real um uh like hardcore town so there was all like basically all straight edge hardcore shows oh, wow. and so we'd yeah. go to that and then all, everyone like all obviously you know most people will be familiar w- with what that looks like and um but we were like just still like quite young teenagers so we'd kind of get drunk and do whatever and nobody else would and then um, yeah and I guess like through that like played a couple of shows. I think because we were so bad at our instruments, we were able to kind of um, slide undetected into the punk scene, <laughs> and then um, yeah. and then from that kind of carried on doing stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's the beauty of the punk scene. It's you know it's open enough. Yeah, you don't I have mean, to be skilled. You just kind of have to be there and uh, maybe show a little effort. Even if um, I used to go to straight edge shows all the time and. 
probably smoke cigarettes before and do all kinds of non straight edge things, but it was just still, it, it, it was still the community, I guess that was the important part. It was definitely the only thing that was going on that wasn't going to sports bars. So it was definitely valuable right. in, in that sense yeah. for sure. Well, um, we're here to uh, talk about your new record messages to God. I would describe this as a piano vocal led record it has plenty of atmosphere to it and it plays in the darkness it's playful within the darkness i would say um one thing that grabbed me is that i think a lot of the atmosphere comes from your vocal performance and um i do want to talk about your process and when you made this record because i think that'll i'll I'll learn a little bit about why that is but first i understand that this record is sort of attached to your two previous records in a uh, trio of sorts, and this might have been the turning point. Can you sort of describe how those are yeah, connected? Yeah, I think that um, maybe more accurately it would be maybe the, my previous three that were kind of, uh, it sounds um, pretentious, but like a tr- I would refer to them as like a trilogy or whatever. And then I guess because those three records were are all like kind of different arrangements like one's a full band one's like a just piano and vocal one's done on on like a pipe organ but they are all pretty concerned with the same things like grief and I don't know my father and a close friend died maybe like six or seven years ago now and so kind of quite close together and I don't know it was just like a pretty dramatic time for various reasons but then I think this was the first record that I'd done kind of I mean I'm always like reticent to say like better place I guess because that's a bit I mean you know everyone knows that that feels a bit reductive and for people but I think that it's definitely a, a different a different place I guess and I think kind of maybe more important like the content's very similar but I think I got to a point where I'd because usually I would produce or you know work with a friend of mine and we would kind of like co-produce my records but I think for this one I'd got to a point Mm -hmm. where I didn't I kind of made all the records that I that sounded the way that I wanted to sound I didn't really have any more kind of like um arrangement ideas or like that kind of thing and so that's why I got um friend Tony who um he worked on the pipe organ record but then um mixing it but he produced like the avalanches and like a lot of like quite like um I think one of the first things he worked on was Robert Palmer like simply irresistible (laughs) um yeah but then so he's from New Zealand which is um kind of like how I know him but then Mm -hmm. I just I was really interested in because obviously usually my works like pretty not not exactly lo-fi but it's definitely not um high production value and um right yeah and I was interested to see you know what Tony's kind of ear would you know what ideas he had and and that kind of thing and I think yeah I was a little I'm not gonna lie I was a, I was a little bit apprehensive about you know because I'm usually pretty precious about my work and um mm-hmm. I was a little bit apprehensive about what he would bring to it because obviously he'd worked on such kind of high end and kind of big stuff before. Sure. Um, yeah. I think he kind of has a lot of time for my songwriting and 
that's nice to hear that my voice adds to the atmosphere because I kind of, in my mind, my voice is kind of quite clunky and then his atmosphere kind of cushions it somewhat. So that's, so that's nice if it feels, I feel like he's done a great job if it kind of has a place in it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to, to that and, and your voice and your, your lyrics specifically, you seem to operate both on a, on a, a pretty wide metaphorical and literal line. And they seem to be consistently combining, you know, within each song and the, the literal side of it, after listening to your record a bunch of times, it always surprises me and, and kind of makes me laugh. Like, <laughs> well, not kind of, it really makes me laugh. You have some really funny stuff in there. And again, it's this dark playfulness, but it's like really smart and, and funny at times. Um, and when you're, when you're writing lyrics, do you, do you imagine, I, I'm most lyricists and, and writers don't, have a goal for their listeners' experience, but do you imagine what your listener is going to experience? Um, this is like my eighth studio record, and I was in a band for 10 years in my 20s, and we released quite a bit of stuff as well, and also I write all the time, so I guess like what I'm leading to is that I'm pretty, like I'm pretty purposeful these days in how I write stuff yeah. because... Like, I'm quite practiced in it. And I think, you know that thing, do you play Tetris? I'm obsessed with Tetris. I, I have. So, you know how, like, on some on some versions you can, um once you get good at it, you can start with, like, more obstacles built up. So you kind of have yeah. to. So I feel like kind of going in a bit more pur- purposeful is, like, my version of doing that, like, making it a little mm. bit harder to get to do. So in terms of, like, the jokes and stuff, they kind of it happens kind of naturally, but also like I definitely will pull a friend into my room and be hey 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 listen to this it's so funny and like make make them <laughs> listen to the funny parts like I know when it's funny because it's because okay. it makes me laugh and I think like over the years I guess getting my content can be pretty maudlin and so I kind of yeah. consciously try and keep it a little bit light just to. I think as I get older, I'm more interested in being, um, you know, as an entertainer, making it be entertaining as opposed to um, making it be some kind of endurance test for me or for people who are listening to it. Yeah. I'm glad you said entertaining because I don't know if I said it earlier, but I'm always apprehensive when I talk to people about saying your music or your art is entertaining. I don't know why, because it's supposed to be. I think it's me. I think it's, people it's, maybe. It's like the punk thing in me or something. <laughs> it's just like, we're not entertainers, but we are. That's, in fact, what we are. Yeah, I think. And it's okay. I mean, obviously, the fact that it's taken me to being older to reach the same conclusion as you means that I obviously yeah. have the same apprehensions. But I think that, um, you know, as an audience, it would be your and my main criticism of something is if we weren't entertained but then on the other end, we're yeah. reticent to be entertainers. It's, it's yeah. silly. Yeah, you, I, I mean, I, I'm sure it has to do with getting older and experiencing more and more things. But it makes me think, like, it must have been hilarious what I thought I was when I was playing music <laughs> as a youngster. Like, this is my 
fucking purpose. (laughs) I'm not entertaining. I'm saving the world or whatever I thought I was doing. I wish I would have documented that. Oh my God. Yeah, I think, I mean, you probably did, didn't you? I I definitely did in in ways that I hope never (laughs) resurfaced. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) Yeah, I think I always, it sounds pretty um, trite, but yeah, I guess like you want to take it seriously, but you don't want to take yourself seriously. But then also different ages for um, different feelings. Yeah. yeah. And uh, again, you've hit the nail on the head. It's like you kind of learn what to take serious. If your music, I'm sure you take serious in your craft and your art, but there's a different serious that you don't need to take anymore. <laughs> yeah. In terms of um, you asking about what I intend for people, or do I think about what people hear? I guess like, kind of you don't want to patronize your audience and you don't want to um, be too prescriptive I think too like you don't want to like I like to give people an option of the way in which they can experience something you don't want to like kind of bludgeon people with your right kind of purpose right yeah well I'd like to play a uh, shitty town how's that sound is that cool with you that sounds super cool all right here it goes <laughs>
example i find that funny <laughs> i also find it a very interesting way to end that journey on that of that song it's really cool is it like i feel like sometimes does it undermine it though sometimes i worry that i'm undermining myself a little bit like do you know what that's i mean a good question i've never been asked about someone else's lyrics that i'm listening to that's funny <laughs> um but i don't think so you know, sometimes I worry about the New Zealander in me, you know, for that just... Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, I don't know. I think it punctuates... If, if you are a real listener like me, <laughs> it's a perfect bow at the end of it. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, well, I, I'd like to hear a little bit more about recording this record. Um, how did you and Tony Epsby work together? How did it start? The demos, Giant Studio... Yes, yeah, so I guess no no one wants to say they wrote COVID records, but I did do this over COVID in saying that I feel like that had kind of a pretty low impact on the on the process. So I kind of did what I normally do, which is write like a bunch of songs and then um, kind of see what sticks from them. I kind of de- mm-hmm. demo everything as I go. And then I guess what differed in this process, and this is probably was COVID driven is that I sent the demos to Tony. Tony sent the demos to two other producer guys who did kind of the textural stuff on it. So they did kind of a little bit of the textural arrangements. So I think that was like vaguely interesting in that I think because my timing's all over the shop, um, Tony had to make like a floating clip track for them to work to so that they could do it. Yeah. So then they gave it back to Tony with my demo takes in their, like, real takes. And then Tony, myself, one of my close friends, Hank, who does all the, all the flute on the record, we went into a studio for a couple of days. And then 
this almost broke my mind because normally I do as much as I could live, but then so I had to basically karaoke myself with my pia- oh, with my right. piano takes to the to the master takes if that makes sense, and that fucking just absolutely destroyed me. Like I was getting like little sweaty um, brown half moons on the piano because it was so annoying to do. Like, um, wow, was that? I mean, piano and vocals. No, so uh, I think I did like a guide, vo- oh. a guide vocal probably, but yeah, even just doing the, oh. just because my timing's so erratic, yeah, I couldn't. And to be to your point, like usually the singing would kind of tether the timing a little bit, but just like playing the piano yeah. um, independently of that was just was it sound it doesn't probably doesn't sound as hard as what it was, but it definitely. Um, I mean, in saying that, usually I'm a bit of I'm a three takes max of anything person, and so maybe it was ten mm-hmm. ten takes of a couple. Okay. So it's still yeah. it's still not exhaustive, but like it was enough that it um it caused me to break a sweat for sure. Um. Yeah, that's that's pretty neat chasing around your yourself in tempo and obviously on a, on an instrument. Yeah. <laughs> a keyboard instrument. I mean, any instrument really would be tough, but. I, it is. I see what you mean there, because it's like kind of percussive, like as an instrument. But yeah, it was. It didn't make me like myself at all, because I was like, why? Why did <laughs> I make it so difficult? If I just done, if I just done it all to a click in the first place, I would have been fine. But no. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. I mean, um, the song "I Felt Things in New Zealand" that seems to have a moving meter. That one was done not that way. I just did that one in the oh, okay. in, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. that's probably why that one sounds maybe more natural or like a less forced than the force of the other ones. Yeah, it's just it's that, that one caught my. It it kind of has these movements in it in it. Um, I, that caught my attention as kind of an interesting structure to the songs, and having to do that double what you just described would be crazy. So. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't lose your mind with that one. No. Um, did you? Rec- I sorry to keep talking about your vocal no, and like really truly the vocal performance, but it's so striking and and uh, big. And did, did you record it in a big room? Yeah, so not in a vocal booth or anything. So you just it was mm-hmm. just in, in like the I think in the main room of the studio, just where the pianos and stuff were. I'm pretty. Uh, good at doing like I think most of them the the keys were hard to karaoke but the singing was pretty easy and also that I think mm-hmm. I only like I think that um sometimes I just want to feel bad was only like one take like a lot of them were because I think I'm not I'm not like a very good singer <laughs> so I think <laughs> that there's only really like I beg to differ but you know like I'm not like a um Sure, I know what you mean. You know, but, see, yeah. the fact that you know what I mean means <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, and so I think there's there's not like a point that I can get to where I'm like um, amazingly skilled, perfect performance or anything like that. So I think um, sure. generally if the um, feeling's there and I'm breathing in the right places, then, then it's fine. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever you did, it sounds like it was tough, but whatever you got, whatever you and Tony and these other two guys did that almost made you crazy, congratulations. Um, it's an amazing sure. record. Thank you very I much. Love I haven't so actually much. spoken to anyone really about it, so that's very, yeah. that's nice to hear. Thank you. I'm turning my whole band onto it. I was playing it all day oh, yesterday, cool. illegally 
but I wasn't sharing it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was playing yes. it aloud, though. <laughs> uh, we got to wait till September 15th, but those two songs are out. Um, are you a visual artist as well? Um, yes, I am. I'm kind of, yeah, more and more so. Yeah. What What's your medium? Um, usually black, ink, and watercolor. But mm-hmm. I'd like to do more, like I kind of want to get into doing oils just because it's a bit more um, striking in terms of how um, opaque it is, but I don't, I, sure. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> right. Is <laughs> <laughs> this one important roadblock? Um, Are you able to see this show Painting with John? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I have seen that. <laughs> That's incredible. He's one of my favorite all-around artists <laughs> of all time. And I was just watching the new uh, season, and they really focus on his painting. It's really lovely. And it's watercolor, I think. Yeah. Um, it seems like, to me, I'm new to your music and, and your whole thing, but um, it seems to me like you, you pay attention to the visual as well as the audio of your work. And especially with that shitty town video. Oh, cool. Which is like a play on top of a play, I would say. Where'd that come from? Um, so that's my very old, very good friend, um, Jeff O'Connor. So he does kind of, he does his own music, but also he recorded pretty much almost all my solo stuff apart from this record with Tony and the organ one. Oh. And I guess like I kind of wanted to keep to do something with Jeff to do with the record because he's it's kind of the, yeah, the first one that he hasn't really had much to do with. Um, yeah, and it was Jeff's concert and we got the actors and they were really good. And yeah, I don't know. I think I kind of really want to do a musical at some point. I, I think it's come with me being wanting to be an, entertainer more there's like I don't know my next record I'm doing I'm really leaning into like almost like an Ivor Cutler kind of thing because I really oh yeah yeah like I just I feel like it's just getting sillier and sillier but maybe it's because I'm getting more and more depressed (laughs) (laughs) that's what's happening um but yes I think because it's getting more and more into that kind of territory maybe that's why it kind of spoke to Jeff to bit the more like um, tongue-in-cheek like kind of theatre theatre thing. Right. Also if it's um, like that the actors don't necessarily have to be good. That's, that, oh, that's the hack. Right. <laughs> yeah. If it, nice. if it looks like they're <laughs> rehearsing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have plans to tour? Yes. I'm going to come to the States I think in early, maybe like March, April next year. Um, yeah, I really want to to it also because there's just lots of people like in especially in America but also in a bit in Europe that I've worked with for lots of years who I've never met yourself now included um right who you know I'd like to meet in real life like lots of people who I've spoken to entirely over like email and you know text for probably the better part of a decade at this point so um I'm a little bit bored of being like, one day I'll come visit. Like, I think it's just time to bite the bullet and do it at some point. Right. What's your plan for instrumentation? I kind of on and off play with a band over the years. 
one of the things that kind of puts me off working as a band is I'm sure that you are very familiar with, uh, maybe not, if, depends, depends on like, how familiar everyone is with the work, I guess, but I don't get really jazzed on um, kind of articulating to people how I want things to be or um, I don't really like rehearsal rooms and rehearsing. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of always is a little bit of a um, mental block to get over. But, yeah, I'll do stuff with the band here and then probably overseas, either solo or with um, my friend Hank who plays, like we do like a duo thing where he plays a lot of flute. Um, okay. Yeah, but kind of one or the other. I mean, I guess it kind of depends. It depends what people will pay for. <laughs> if I right, if I can yeah. take a band, I'll take a band. If I can't, if I can't, then I won't. Especially this new record, I I could see it just being you and and keyboards, you know, and piano and organ. Um, it would be equally as powerful as maybe having a band or a three piece or something. Yeah, I think solo is easier and. Yeah, well, either way, um, I look forward to seeing you when you get here. Hopefully you'll come to the Northwest. I live in Seattle. Oh, yeah. I'll let you know. All right. Well, uh, thanks for talking to me. Thank you for yeah, having me. Nice talking to you. Nice talking to you, too. Take it easy. Bye.
day trying to write messages to God. 